Did you know that it is crucial that we detox our bodies on a regular basis, especially in perimenopause and menopause? Today, I'm speaking to a holistic nutritionist and menopause expert about simple ways that we can detox our body naturally. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, today I am with Debbie Harriet, a nutritionist and expert in menopause. And truly to me, Debbie, you're an expert in anything to do with natural living. So welcome to Morphous. Thank you, Andrea. Happy to be here and um, happy to uh, chat today with somebody who's like-minded. I love it. All right, so let's jump in. Let's talk about detoxification. Why is it important for us women in perimenopause and menopause to detox our bodies? And maybe also explain what detoxification means to you. Good questions. So menopause and perimenopause are two very significant times in a woman's life. And we don't have enough information out there to, to help women uh, to understand what they're about to go through. And um, I don't know what, what you went through with yours, but when I hit perimenopause, I had a number of different symptoms that went on. And when I hit menopause, I had a number of different symptoms that went on. And I looked around for a lot of resources, but there really wasn't a lot out there. And it wasn't until later in my practice that I started to realize that detoxification was a major pillar in terms of going through perimenopause and menopause healthfully and easily. Um, so the detoxification part comes in um, at menopause. People always ask me about this when they're, when they're approaching menopause because they're not really feeling well. They're having all those typical symptoms. They have sleep issues and, and um, brain fog and bloating and weight gain and hot flashes. You know, the, there's, there's 20 to 30 symptoms that show up that we know of right now associated with menopause. And some of them start early in perimenopause and, and some people are lucky enough to breeze through that period and just get them at menopause. And the, the thing that I found in my practice is that over um, most of the women who go through menopause, if they've done their detoxification with me earlier, have a much smoother and easier menopause transition, menopausal transition. Um, and that comes from the fact that if you, if you cleanse the body, you cleanse the cells, you cleanse the liver, you're going to find that the body behaves as it should. It, it knows what to do. Whereas if you go into menopause and you have toxic cells, toxic kidney, toxic lymph, toxic liver, which is where most people are these days, not just women, you're going to find that the body then has an additional load that it has to bear during menopause, um, which is the massive turnaround of the hormonal system, which includes not just the body, but also the brain. And when you already have a system that is under stress and under pressure with toxicity and with daily life stresses, and then you add the menopausal shift to that, you can have some horrendous outcomes. And as an example, I just had a patient that came in today and she has, uh, she's 72 years old and she has been hot flashing for 20 years. Wow. And no My one was the same. No, it's insane. Right. And, and the biggest thing is to, I'm really glad you're doing these kind of um, podcasts and, and um, doing all the work that you're doing in this field, because the biggest thing is to get the message out to women that you don't have to put up with that, that there is another way. And it's not a difficult way. It can be simple and easy to incorporate into your daily life. And there's a lot of information and a lot of help out there. It's just not necessarily appearing in the front of the daily newspaper <laughs> because menopause hasn't um, and made it to the headlines yet. Right. It's something that women have um, put up 
up with for many, many centuries, but nobody's talked about it. And it's time to talk about it openly and let women know what they have to do to make this menopausal transition easy. And, and one of the reasons why I love the fact that we're talking about detoxification is that with um, women think about menopause as a year to two year kind of process and then they move on. But in actual fact, like this woman I saw today who's had hot flashes for 20 years, your body can be out of balance for the rest of your life after menopause if you haven't done the work that you have to do. And it is work and it's hard because uh, many women at the time of menopause are juggling families, Sometimes they're going through menopause when their teenage daughters are going through puberty, which can create quite a conundrum. Hello. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> My house. <laughs> called hormone heaven or hell, whichever way you look oh, at it. So fun. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes they have, um, they're, they're, you know, everyone is working a job and then you're, you're with your family with a second job and yeah. they are toxic and they're not sleeping and they're overstressed. And all of those things combine to make something that is very horrific when the hormones are shifting. And that's happening more now than ever was before because we've had our children later. And so yeah. we're going to menopause when we have this big load to carry. Whereas I think in our, in our parents' generations and even before then, the women weren't quite so stressed and weren't quite so uh, laden with duties, I guess you'd say, at that point in time. So, and, and of course, we're more toxic now than we ever were before. That's been scientifically proven. Yeah. You know, the, um, we know that, that uh, babies have 250 chemicals in their umbilical cord blood at the time of birth. And that was 10 years ago. That study came out of Portland. And, and what I remind women is that that toxicity came from you. Right, it came through the placenta to your to your baby. So that means you also have those chemicals in your body. And if you have those in your twenties, thirties, and forties when you're having um, your children, what are you going to have by the time you're fifty or sixty in your body? Right. And the bottom line is, it results in this layering effect where. Um, women have, um, maybe you've got a liver that's not functioning quite so well to start with. Maybe your genetics means that you don't methylate properly. So you're not getting rid of your toxins properly, but you're doing okay. And then maybe you get, you have a couple of kids. And so you, you know, you demineralize and you lower your adrenals and you get, um, you have day-to-day -day stresses. Maybe you're not nourishing yourself well enough and taking enough rest. And then maybe you add on to that a little bit of insomnia. Maybe you add on to that a little bit of marital stress. And then maybe you add on to that the fact that you are having trouble at work. And maybe you add on to that the fact that your parents are having health issues and you're kind of in the, in the middle of that. And then all of a sudden your hormones let you down, which is the normal expression people come in and say to me. Um, and it, it puts you into this incredibly um, difficult position for your body to handle all of this. And if you had done your detoxification beforehand, that means you probably worked with a practitioner or done some things to shift your lifestyle around. That's going to set you up in a much better stead for handling that big ships, uh, shift so that at menopause, you don't tip over. And, and that is truly a tipping point. Remember, it's, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. And if you're a very, very strong woman, even if you have some of those stressors, you can often get through menopause with just a few hot flashes. But I see people that don't. I see people who um, every day who are having all of these struggles. And so 
what I see continuously is a level of toxicity that needs to be managed before we get into menopause or at the very least during. It's a little bit harder during because you can't push the body quite so hard. You need to be gentle on the body during menopause. And so it's my perfect patient would come to me six to 10 years before menopause when they're in perimenopause and would do their lifestyle adjustments and their detoxification and what I call their personalization, which would mean that they would learn about themselves. You know, it's, it's not just about reading on the internet what the latest cleanse is and what the latest supplement is and then taking it. It's about figuring out what you personally need and running with it so that you're not just subject to the vagaries of whatever latest study or diet came out because you need to know about you and how your body works and what you intimately need. All of that would be done five to 10 years before menopause, which then would lead to a much smoother transition, right? And remember, we're not just talking about, we're not just talking about menopause. We're not just talking about the, the one, two, three years or whatever it is it takes to get through the, the turnaround of the hormones. And, and menopause technically is defined as one year without um, menstruation. Um, but there's lots of gray areas on that. And what I find is a lot of the symptoms carry over way past that phase. So if, if we could get the message through that what we need women to know is that um, menopause and post-menopause, which is, I, I think are two inadequate terms, but that's what we have right now, is probably the next 40 to 50 years of your life. And if, the, if menopause is really difficult for you, then there's a good chance that next 40 to 50 years of your life is going to be a struggle as well, unless you do something to change that. Because when the hormones are receding, the body is going to struggle a lot more. So being able to, to learn this information, personalize it for yourself and do the detoxification. And, and it's not just detoxification, but that's a big part of it. It's about detoxifying and balancing the body and nourishing the body and the mind and the soul. If you can get all of that in place, you're going to find the next 40 or 50 years are absolutely fabulous and menopause is nothing to be feared. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And thank you for saying that. You know, one of the things you touched upon, and I often hear from women who have, or past menopause, let's say they're, they've gone through their symptoms or the symptoms have subsided. Like, let's say they had a lot of uh, hot flashes or vaginal dryness. And to them, they're past that. And they're like, oh, I'm not in menopause anymore. But you just mentioned we're in menopause for the rest of our life. And I feel like we really need to redefine it or define it properly for women. Because if you have, let's say to our viewers, if you, you went through menopause, but you're no longer suffering from vaginal dryness or hot flashes or whatever it is, the symptoms you went through in that short period, it doesn't mean that other things that you're experiencing, that you're experiencing isn't menopause related, right? So that's where I love that you said that, Debbie. And, and you know what, I, the, just to take that further, um, the, when you think about it, we don't just, let's say average age of menopause is 51, 52. I, I actually think we need to adjust that. I think that data is old because I'm seeing women 38, 40, 42 that are going into menopause. So things are rapidly shifting. We need to look at that whole situation. But we don't call, let's say it's average age 51. We don't call from zero to 51 pre-menopause. Why should we call from 51 forward post-menopause? Yeah, exactly. Women's lives are way more complicated and our hormonal systems and our bodies and brains are way more complicated than that. And I, here's where I truly feel that we have a total lack of research 
and a total lack of published information on what women are going through that really need, it, it's time to change this. It's time to get some information out there for women to start to understand their bodies more and for us to also start to talk to one another. You know, I'm sure in gathering this information, you're gonna, you're gonna for every story I hear from a woman that I work with, it's a completely new story than the one I heard last time. And yes, there's some commonalities. There's, you know, from vaginal dryness to insomnia is there but there's a lot more that is there. And I really think that we need to touch on the whole physical as well as the emotional part, because that's the part that doesn't get talked about a lot. Well, and of course, detox can lead to more balanced emotions. It's, it's truly about um, uh, nourishing yourself, balancing your body and cleansing your body that, that is going to take you forward in, in good health. Yeah. And I love that you're saying that it is so true. And you know, what we found in our research, Debbie, is that there are actually over 72 signs and symptoms of menopause. And we've been collecting this data for about two and a half years now, and literally 72, we have a whole list going. So yeah, I mean, there, there are so many things that are related to this time in our life that we don't even necessarily associate with perimenopause and menopause, or once you've gone through it and you're post-menopause, that may not, you may not be thinking that it's related. So I love that you said that, and that makes perfect sense to me. I'd like to circle back to the detoxification for a minute. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, obviously it's important that we detox. Let's talk about, let's start with what are our detoxification, detoxification organs? What should we be aware of in our body that actually do the work to help to detox things from our body? Okay. So I will say on that, that we're still learning where you're still trying to deeply understand the body. And, and every time um, science comes out with something new, we all seem to be amazed. Um, but the body has some um, very unique ways of working. So, so, and I say that because we're discovering so much that's new all of the time. So I'm never surprised to hear something else come out. What we know now is that your major organs of detoxification are your liver, which is working continuously for you 24 seven. Um, your kidneys, which is filtering your blood constantly and totally depends on water. We gotta have lots of good, clean water without chemical toxins in it and drugs in it. Um, the next major one that never gets talked about is your lymph system. And the lymph is something that most women, until they um, are diagnosed with breast cancer, never actually even hear the word lymph. And that's something we have to change. The lymph is a, is a massive um, delivery system of nutrients in the body, but also the, it's, it's, it's like the green garbage truck that goes through the body and cleans everything out. Um, and because we can't see it with the naked eye until we look inside the body and it doesn't have any muscles of its own, um, nobody really knows about it, but it's, it's massive in terms of women's health and, and hormonal movement and nourishment. Um, other ones are the, um, uh, the lungs are major in detoxifying the body as you breathe in and as you breathe out, which is um, something nobody thinks about, right? That you're breathing out toxins all of the time. And then um, one of the last ones that doesn't get touched on is the skin. And the skin is your largest organ of elimination. And during menopause, you're going to experience your entire skin because when we get the vasodilation of the hot flashes, um, whether you get one or you get a hundred, you're still going to experience the same thing. It's a feeling like you want to crawl out of your skin because when the vasodilation comes to your skin, you're going to have this incredible heat and tingling and um, a feeling like you want to jump out of your body. Um, and that's when you're going to know that your skin is a detox organism because 
what I what I find that women tell me often what I experienced as well is that they've never sweat so much as they did with hot flashes in menopause, which actually leads back into what we're talking about, which is it is a great way to detoxify. You know, we've used heat for centuries, you know, whether it be hot and cold saunas or whether infrared saunas and things, we've used that kind of heat to make us detoxify through our skin. So of all of those that, that I just talked about, the ones that are talked about the most in the media and have most books written about them are the liver and maybe the kidneys. Um, but all of the systems need to be addressed and detoxification has to happen on all levels. The reason the liver is talked about more is because the um, liver has to handle and clear all the estrogen. And of course, most women today are pro-estrogenic, meaning they have way more estrogen than they do progesterone. And that's how they can get into some significant health issues, including cancers. And the liver has to handle those estrogens coming out of the blood continuously as the hormones fluctuate. And when the liver is toxic from our lifestyle or other things that we've done before, it can handle that excess estrogen load. And then we start to experience heat. And I'm not saying that hot flashes come only from the liver, but many women's do come from the liver. And when we get the liver settled down, we find that the heat in the body dissipates and the hot flashes dissipate. Thank you for sharing that. It made it very easy to understand. Let's talk about simple ways that we can detox all of the organs that you talked about. We can talk about um, food, we could talk about exercise, but I'd love to hear about what are some specific things that are simple to do that we can incorporate into our daily lives. I mean, you talked about how busy we all are and we are very busy. So what are some easy things that we could do that you recommend in terms of helping us detox? I really love that you brought that topic up because I run into so many women who cannot afford to do expensive remedies, cannot afford to see a practitioner consistently and are trying to, you know, go through the internet and figure themselves out, which is, it, it's very difficult. So there's a lot of basic and simple things that can and should be done by everybody. And this is not just with regards to menopause, this is regards to general health, right? So, um, but they're even more pertinent at menopause, I guess you'd say. One of the first is to start to try and eat as organic as possible because we talked about that toxin load of the liver. And what we wanna do is not only do we wanna lower the toxins in the liver, but we don't wanna add any more as we go forward. And we know that as we age and as the hormones drop, the ability of the liver to clear the toxins decreases. So we gotta be very conscious of what we put in, on and around our bodies. And so one of the first things that you can do is to go as organic as possible. I know that can be a little bit more expensive, but it can also be as simple as putting a little garden on your deck and growing some organic vegetables yourself, going to farmer's markets and getting as much organic in the summer as you can. You do what you can. But the goal to getting away from pesticides and toxins um, that you're eating four to five times a day as you eat your food, and that's probably the, the major source of toxins we're ingesting anyway. The, the, the second thing that... Um, uh, that we can do to take the stress off the body and the liver and to reduce toxins is we can stop uh, consuming some of the most toxic laden foods. For example, um, wine is one of the ones that is very toxic because grapes are one of the most sprayed crops on the planet. Coffee is one of the most sprayed crops on the planet. And every time you are drinking a cup of coffee, you are ingesting a plethora of toxins. So what we're trying to do is put less, ingest less toxins in, and at the same time, put less toxins on the skin. And um, there's a number of great websites that can 
people can go to um, environmentalworkinggroup.org is a wonderful one because you can go on there and find out what is the, the most sprayed crop, what not to eat in non-organic form. And, you know, as we know, apples and grapes and strawberries and peppers are right up there in the top of the list. So, so those, that's one small change that you can make to uh, ease the burden on the liver and to stop putting toxicity in the body. That same website has a list of products that you can buy that have lower toxins. So that would be anything from a face cream to a body cream to a bath salt, you, you name it. That anything that would normally be in um, your daily repertoire of, of products that you would use because that's a continuous layering of toxins that the body cannot get out. Um, so the third in, the third way that I would think of today that would be inexpensive for everybody to do is to increase the amount of vegetables that are in the diet. Um, especially the vegetables that um, have properties to help the liver clear estrogen, which would be the brassica vegetables. And the brassica vegetables is a big family that includes everything from Brussels sprouts to kale to Swiss chard to broccoli to cauliflower. Get used to having those. You know, I often tell people in my practice, I want you to have a half of a head of cauliflower every single day or broccoli or this equivalent amount of Brussels sprouts. Um, and, and they actually, companies actually take what's in those um, vegetables in something called indole-3-carbonyl, indole condense it, put it into a very expensive pill that you take every day to clean the estrogens from the liver. And that's great if you can afford that, but it's much better to every day be eating those kind of vegetables that are helping the body clean. Other, other things um, that are really good for you are any kind of leafy green. Any kind of greens are wonderful because they contain chlorophyll and chlorophyll is one of the largest detoxifying agents for the body. You know, we, when we're doing major detoxification programs, we always include many um, scoops of powder chlorophyll or many capsules of chlorophyll to grab onto toxicity and pull it out of the body. And it's found in, in green vegetables. That's what makes that vegetable green is the interaction of the sun with the, with the plant gives you chlorophyll. So anybody can do that. Anybody can start having more leafy greens and, and you start it slowly. You start by making sure you have one great, great salad a day with some fresh organic leafy greens, right? And then start by adding in, you know, um, half of a broccoli head or half of a cauliflower head during the day to try and give you more nutrients to cleanse the liver. So simple little changes like that can help. Even doing things like switching some of the, the sweets and things that you're having and putting in um, apples and oranges and plums and all of the fruits that we're supposed to be eating will also help detoxify the body because those contain large amounts of vitamin C, which is very necessary to make glutathione. Glutathione is the, is the, is the detox, major detoxification agent for the liver. So it all comes back to food, 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 and what you put in there three or four times a day that is very, very important. All great advice, of course, from a nutritionist, from one nutritionist to the other. I love hearing this because it is so true, right? Making sure that we're eating the right foods. And I love that you gave examples of the type of foods that we should be eating and why. So glutathione, that master antioxidant, which I think is incredible. What about when it comes to supplements? Are there any supplements that you feel that, oh, absolutely, women in menopause or perimenopause should be taking on a daily basis? Okay. That's a little bit tougher. And... Um, 
the reason it's tougher is that um, I specialize in personalization. So I, I don't like to blanket a, a supplement for everybody. Whereas I'm not worried about saying eat more broccoli and eat more cauliflower because for, for most people, that's pretty safe suggestion. The supplements are much more individualized. But if I were to, to let's say, name the top three that most people would uh, benefit from that I see in my practice, um, one of them would be magnesium because magnesium is a magical sleep agent and magical for the nervous system. And, and let's face it, when estrogen and progesterone starts to drop, you know, progesterone, when, when you're, when you're um, expecting, you're high in progesterone to carry that pregnancy. And that's when you get that skin glow and you get that calm and the world is perfect and everything is great. That's the beauty of progesterone. When progesterone starts to drop, which it does first before estrogen drops, so we often start feeling those perimenopausal symptoms when our progesterone starts to drop. When it starts to drop, one of the things that it's been doing all along which is, to which make, is to make you calm and happy and at peace with the world. Now when that starts to drop, what you'll find is that your nerves are a little more unsettled and your mood's a little more unsettled. Maybe your sleep's a little more unsettled, you're a little more edgy, you're a little more anxious, you're a little more jittery. And it is really helpful to have a bit of magnesium in there just to calm those symptoms. And what I find for most people is that it helps the bowel to relax because the, the bowel is innervated with nerves and magnesium helps the nerves to relax. And it helps people get a better sleep and to just be in their skin a little bit easier during menopause. I guess the second one that I would say that I most often use would be some kind of a liver cleansing agent, which would be um, anything that, in, that varied from dandelion to burdock to milk thistle. And usually I recommend a combination because I trained in herbology years ago and the um, herbalist that I trained with used to go out and meditate in the woods and he would meditate on which herbs to combine for people. And because he knew that it herbs that grew together often were meant to be combined together in a bottle to be used to heal people. And so I do that often. I will combine a number of different herbs to settle things down, but the core of it will be a dandelion and milk thistle and a burdock, burdock being the liver strengthener and milk thistle being the um, liver detoxifier and dandelion, depending on whether it's root or leaf will be the kidney and liver detoxifier. And it's always good to put something in for the kidneys because they get ignored. So I would say that's probably in terms of cleansing the second most used um, supplement in my practice. The third one I'm, I'm gonna cop out on because it can, it can go to whether there's, there's inflammation in the body or whether the person needs more help with um, digestion or whether the person has just too much heat in the body and so can't handle a lot of supplements and just needs to um, have a lot more um, relaxation and stress control. But if I had to name the third that would be most common, it's probably something for the nervous system. And that would probably be anything from um, L-theanine to ashwagandha to holy basil, Tulsi, which is also called Tulsi. Um, any of the uh, in Bacopa, Rhodiola, all of those herbs, and again, usually used in combination because they work the best, because many of those will settle down hot flashes and will settle down the hypothalamus pineal pituitary, which is where a lot of the hot flashes originate. And once the nervous system is settled down, the liver, the kidney, the lymph can operate a lot better.
I love that you mentioned adaptogenic herbs because I am a very big fan. So I think that's great. Well, thank you for your top three list. I appreciate it. And, and the reason why I love hearing from you is because you are, you're a practicing practitioner. You see people every single day and you've worked with thousands of women and have worked with them in perimenopause and menopause, and you see the results for yourself. So that's why I thought, um, so that's why I love hearing what you have to say. So thank you for that. <laughs> My pleasure. And I really enjoy communicating this because um, I know you and I have talked in the past about how difficult it was to find this information. And it's taken me years to dig out a lot of information. And uh, I've gone to many seminars, many webinars, many conferences, done a lot of reading. Um, and I, at the end of it all, you know, there's still a lot more to learn here and um, a longer way to go. And I know that there's a lot more um, remedies that need to become available for women because women's lives are changing. The stress levels are higher than they ever were before. The toxicity levels are higher than ever were before. And yet they're being ignored in a lot of areas, including medicine. Um, in, and we need more information, more data um, to be conducted on, on this particular area of life because it is such an important area of life. It is, um, I always say to people that puberty was one thing. Menopause is a completely different thing. And if I had to put it on a scale of one to 10, I would say that puberty is maybe a five and menopause is an eight to 10. Yeah. In terms of what you'll have to go through to, to get your life set for the next 30, 40 years, right? And and we want to have a great mental state in those next 30, 40, 50 years. You know, actuarials are now saying we're going to live to past 100. So we can't look at this as a one or two year period. It is the rest of our lives. And it's very important to um, understand that and to reach out and get some help to work with somebody if there are imbalances going on in your life. I 100% agree. Is there anything before we end the interview that you'd like to share with our viewers or our listeners on our podcast? Um, there is hope. Um, <laughs> reach out and get some help. That would be the biggest thing. Don't. Um, one of the one of the things that I um, don't like seeing is when a woman takes two to three to four years to reach out and get help. You know, we're so used to. You know, taking it all on and being the moms and being the ones who fix everything at work and being there for our spouses. And, you know, it just keeps layering, layering on. And then when it's actually time to do something for us, we take two to three to four years to make that happen. And that's just not acceptable anymore. We need to start um, prioritizing our health because quite frankly, when the woman in the household goes down, the whole household goes down. So we need to, at the first sign of any imbalance, that's when you reach out. That's when you you get some help. And if you catch that early, it is so significantly less impactful on your life than if you let it go for two or three years. So I guess the bottom line message is to love yourself, to love yourself enough to know that you need the help and to reach out and get it. And again, it doesn't have to be expensive. It can be just all kinds of little changes that can be made in the body and to do with diet and, and sleep. We haven't talked about sleep, but maybe that's another part. Um, that's a very important part to address. But that would be the biggest thing is to, to value yourself and to love yourself enough that you reach out and get the help that you need as soon as you can. We will do another video. That's our next one on sleep. Absolutely so important because if we're not sleeping, then everything else, just nothing falls into place, right? And we're moody and we're reaching for sugary foods and all of that. So yes, I'll take you up on that. That will be the next one that we talk about. I love it. Thank you so much, Debbie, for doing this today. How can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or even ask you some questions? Okay, that's easy. Just email me at beyondnutrition, all one word at simpatico.ca and I'd be happy to get back to you and we can either do an in-person consult or we can do a phone consult by Zoom, whichever works for you. And I would be happy to help you.
And I highly recommend you, Debbie. I've seen you myself. You've helped my mother. You've helped my kids. So to me, you are absolutely a gem and a gem of a practitioner. And thank you so much for coming on today to Morphous and for sharing your wisdom. Thanks, Andrea. And thanks for keeping on communicating. I really appreciate it. Thank you.